Hey everyone, welcome to episode 77 of Something Worth Thinking About. In today's podcast, we want to explore the idea in Romans 8 verse 17 that we too often have glossed over or simply ignored. Paul says that we are children of God, heirs of God, and co-heirs of Christ if, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Sounds like something worth thinking about, wondering about, and, and pursuing with our lives. And so today, let's spend some time together in Romans chapter 8, verse 17. Our reading today is Romans 8, verse 14 through 25. And since we have so much to consider today, let's dive right in. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, and hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Now, there's a lot for us to hear, and I'm confident that we're going to need to break this up into at least two podcasts. So much of what Paul says here flies into the face of the way most of us go about pursuing our lives and certainly our life in Christ and in God's kingdom. We seek God's blessings and life and power and joy. And so often it never even enters into our minds that there might be any suffering that is part of the equation. The Apostle Paul here puts sharing in the sufferings of Christ front and center. It is unavoidable. It is intrinsic. It is part of our identity 
as children of God. That's how Paul puts it here in Romans chapter 8. Now, I want to remind us of Paul's even more famous words in Philippians 3 verse 10, where he says with incredible gusto, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. That's the New International Version. The New Revised Standard Version puts it this way. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death. And finally, the New American Standard Version, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. This word uh, that is translated variously as participation, sharing, and fellowship in these three different English Bibles is the Greek word koinonia. If we are part of the fellowship, koinonia, fellowship of God, if everything that is God's is ours in Christ, and if Christ suffers in this world, even to this day in his body, the church, then ought we to anticipate and expect to share in and participate in this part of the koinonia fellowship of Christ? And the obvious answer is yes. This is part of the fellowship. Everything that is God's is ours, including this suffering that Christ continues to experience in and with and through his people to this very day. I remind you that Paul is the one that heard Christ say to him um, when, when Christ confronted Paul on the road to Damascus, he said to Paul, and when Paul asked who he is, Jesus is calling out to him, he said, I am Christ whom you are persecuting. Paul was persecuting the church. Paul was persecuting the body of Christ. Christ suffers even now, even today, through with his people. And we are to share in this koinonia fellowship of Christ. Again, this is not something that we often think about. We've been shaped by our time and our culture and our age, especially here in America, to shrink back from suffering and to, to avoid it at all costs, if at all possible. But the Apostle Paul uses this amped up language, both here in Romans 8, but also in Philippians, that implied that Paul is actually pursuing pursuing this fellowship of Christ's suffering. He wants to know it. I want to know not only the power of Christ's resurrection, I also want to know the fellowship of his sufferings to such an extent as to be conformed to his death. That's what Paul is saying in this passage. Or how about the way Paul spoke of this in Colossians 1.24 where he wrote, I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. 
For Paul, it's clear the suffering of Christ is not over. Christ suffers with us, his people, his body, even today. And each one of us participates in it. And even though you may not sense it and feel it and not live in a time in an era or place where you have experienced anything that you would feel is suffering, the sufferings of Christ, Trust me when I say that around the world today, there are Christians today who are suffering, God's people who are suffering. And Paul points us to this and says, this is part of being a child of God. Peter will say the same thing in 1 Peter 4, verses 12 through 13, where he says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Or consider how John begins his account of the vision God gave to him in Revelation 1 verse 9, where he says, I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus. He's our companion in the sufferings that are ours in Jesus. Not just the kingdom, but the suffering and the patient endurance that's a part of that. So instead of being shocked or surprised by suffering, we need to rediscover the hard and honest teachings of Christ and the apostles and writing to encourage Timothy to persevere and be steadfast in his ministry of preaching and teaching, Paul reminded Timothy that suffering is part of the package. In 2 Timothy 3, verse 12, Paul wrote these unequivocal words, In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. It is, as Jesus said long ago in John chapter 16, verse 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Coming back now to Romans chapter 8, Paul brings us to this matter of suffering not as a sign of God's abandoning us, but rather as part and parcel of being a child of God. If Christ, the very Son of God, was hated, persecuted, and suffered for us all, why would we expect something radically different for our own lives? Peter is emphatic about this in 1 Peter 2, verses, uh, verse 21. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. But I, I want to leave us with this message. Paul fills all of this, as does Christ, as does Peter, as does John. God is always speaking to his people about suffering and filling this image of suffering with Christ with great hope. Whatever suffering we might experience in this life, because we are the children of God, pales in comparison to the glory waiting to be revealed 
in us when Christ comes again in glory. Now these are not idle words for Paul and the Christians of his age. They suffered greatly. Many Christians down through the ages have suffered greatly. And I love the description of God's people who suffered in Hebrews chapter 11. Do you remember the language? Some faced jeers and flogging, even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. I love that phrase. The world was not worthy of them. This is the word of God in Hebrews 11, verses 36 through 38. Let's hear Romans 8, verse 18 one more time. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. As Paul puts it in verses 24 and 25, this glory is our hope. We patiently and eagerly wait for it, believing with all our heart that nothing, nothing and no one can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Even as we suffer, even if we go through persecution, we believe that in Christ Jesus our Lord, we are more than conquerors. So as you go through hardships, as you participate and share in the sufferings of Christ, hold on to the hope that Jesus has given us, that he has overcome the world, and through Christ and by faith in Christ, we too will overcome the world. Thank you.